This is Deep Natter, and in this episode, we're talking about changing up the how and the why of what we do creatively by getting away from chasing likes and follows, and instead putting more energy into creating community and engagement. Plus, a voice message from a listener inspires a conversation around a specific kind of art. Here we go. Yeah, and it's not ASMR. Like, I know there's a whole thing about, like, ASMR and sounds and gives no, you no, no. fizz. Like, I don't no. really have that. It's just it's just watching someone at work. And like you say, even if you can't see their... I kind of like it if you can't see their face. Just watching hands in motion doing mm-hmm. something. There's this guy... Oh, I'm about to admit something. You ready? Hit me. Um, so, every now and again, I flick through TikTok. And uh, there's a guy... You a guy do from, not. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Yeah, I do. <laughs> every now and again. Um, and... Uh, there's a guy from Japan who makes teapots, and you're just watching him. You're just watching his hands in motion. It's beautifully filmed, though, as well. Mm. Um, and it's all by hand. So he'll 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 sort of smooth out like an incredibly thin layer of clay, um, super uniform. You know, there's something really satisfying about like a cross is like that attention to detail, which sure. I think Japanese craftsmen do especially well in my head for some reason. Um, but that's probably like some kind of positive racism. But anyway, you're welcome to have it. But like he sort of smooths it out and then he'll sort of wrap it around uh, this flat piece. You'll wrap around in a circle and then you'll take like a, it's like a, like a flat um, wooden paddle. And he puts his hand inside that sort of cylinder he's created and starts to pat against his hand to start to curve the sides. Oh, wow. He just sort of hand pats the clay like that. And then he'll like create little lettering in the side and the handle and the spout and i, I could watch that stuff for hours I, I find it so relaxing it's it's awesome yeah same yeah how's it going there it, yeah it's going really well painting a lot getting these panels moving along for the next series the new propaganda 2 and really been getting into the idea of doing zines and and uh-huh. these these smaller. I'm so glad you said that. Okay, well, that's what we're going to talk about. Today. Are we going to talk about that today? Okay, oh, absolutely. Yeah the, the the idea of these little printed things. Um, there's a guy named Daniel Milner. Oh yeah, M I L N O R. Dan Milner. And Dan is I don't know what his actual job title is. Platform evangelist, something like that for Blurb. Yeah. Anyway, he works for Blurb, and he has got the greatest gig in the world as far as I'm concerned. Blurb pays him to go be an adventurer and and talk to people and make photographs and talk about how printed books are really cool. And they are. He's not mugging for the camera. He's not being disingenuous to my knowledge. He loves printed books and he and he makes these little zines and little guides and and carries them with him. And we've spoken a couple times and he's in my opinion, he's the real deal. Mm. And um a while back he partnered with a company called, oh gosh, I want to say Beyond Clothing. Mm-hmm. I think it's Beyond Clothing in um, Seattle. And they produce this zine called AG23. And you can get it at, you know what, let me, let me make sure I've got this right. So I don't, I don't steer you guys wrong. Um, yeah, it's Beyond Clothing. Mm-hmm. And you can get the zine free. There are two volumes, number one, number two, you just pay shipping. Uh, Mm. and they're beautifully produced. And in fact, I, the, the the first one took a while to produce. The second one took a while to produce and I have been lax on getting the second one. So I just ordered the second one along with a t-shirt this morning. 
but they're really well done. And in thinking about this episode of the show and, and talking about zines, I wanted to be sure to get a copy of that. And I know you and I have talked a little bit about it offline. I can't remember how much we've actually talked about what you've been thinking about in terms of moving forward with the collections online or, mm. or whether you're even willing to talk about that online. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But I also, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram called Frank Maddox, M-A-D-D-O-C-K-S, Frank Maddox. And he, Frank is, I think he is the VP of creative for Warner Brothers Records, if memory serves. Right. And he is producing these little zines. They're, you know, five and a half by eight and a half. And I think there's, they're either 64 or 72 pages, they're like $20 or something. And they're just mm. his observational photography. They're just these records of what he has seen and where he's been. And the more I see things like this, the more excited I become about not only my art, but getting back out in the world and taking photographs again mm. and not having to, I think everybody should have one big project and we'll, we'll come back to that because I got some great news that I want to share that, that may inspire a really big project for me. Right. But what do you think? I mean, are, are you, we, again, we've talked about this a little bit offline. Are you in kind of a similar position about this? It sounds from what we've talked about that you're, you're kind of in the same place about it. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> from my point of view, like I, for the last five years, I've put out these I mean, they're slightly more substantial than a zine, I would say. Um, but they're not really like books, somewhere in between. They're mm -hmm. collections. So I've had collection one through five at the moment, and there's 90 images in each. But they're 90 images from that year, and, and they don't really have a theme. Half of them are black and white, half a color. And and I, I, I'm, I'm happy with them. I'm proud of them. They're like these nice little kind of... Um, you know, just time capsules for me of mm -hmm, what I saw mm -hmm. in that year and the photographs that I was taking, the ones that sort of stood out to me. And then I pepper throughout with like just quotes from some of the videos. Um, but I'm just starting to feel the limitation of it. Like I, I want to express more than that. And I also want to be more deliberate about what I'm saying and telling stories with things. So I, I thought, I thought on the one hand, how silly is it that I've written a book, but I, do, I put out a book of photography every year, but I don't do any writing in it. Seems right. a missed opportunity. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, I, I liked going back to the, I mean, I used to write a blog years ago and, uh, and I, I wrote another book 10 years before this one. And, and I was more in the practice of writing then. So that when I came around to writing this book, I realized I'm out of practice and I had to kind of get back into it again. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, I need a way to get back into the habit of writing more regularly than just every decade when I decide to put a book out. You know? <laughs> right. So because it doesn't seem to be enough, you know? you're not going to stay sharp that way. Right. So I thought like, well, I'm in a new part of the world here where I've moved to. There are really cool stories around that I'm noticing. So how about I can the collections? Five years seems like a good time to change things up anyway. Yeah. And instead put out maybe two, three, four, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably start with two zines every year instead. So something less substantial in terms of format and printing and all the rest of it, but and with less images in it, but giving myself a proper direction for every edition. So, mm -hmm. so I'm going to, I'm going to just this week, I'm going to go and find, well, this, this six months rather, I'm going to go and find shepherds and I'm going to interview them and talk to them about their job. And I'm going to take lots of photographs of, of sheep and fields and portraits of shepherds and see if I can't put a zine together on a subject. Because I think in a way, 
and I was talking to 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 Jack Lowe about this yesterday because I was filming with him. In a way, like I still feel like a baby photographer in that I can take a serviceable photograph, but I've never cut my teeth on trying to do something for an extended period of time that has a very specific focus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely the next step for me. And I've already started the bigger portrait project, which I always hint at, like that's slowly on the go. Right. But I want, I want other little things in the meantime as well to get, to get better at this, to get better at documentary, to get better at storytelling and combining, um, you know, 30, 40 images and, and a bunch of writing in a, in a well-designed zine that goes out around a very specific topic. And to give myself that challenge every six months also gives me direction. It means that I'm not just sitting on a day going, oh, where shall I go and take my camera today? Oh, right, the beach right. feels like a night. It goes, no, I, I can't choose. I know what my project is right now. I have to go keep doing that and keep focusing on that. So I picked up, um, partly on your recommendation, uh, Affinity Publisher mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. Because Which is I'm immensely not... capable for this type of project. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's more you know, than you need. Uh, and the, the, one of the reasons is, is because I'm not paying Adobe. You know, at the moment I'm on the photographer's plan for 10 pounds a month or whatever it is. I'm not paying 45 pounds a month just to add on. Right. To add on InDesign. <laughs> InDesign. Are you kidding right. me? Like, it's not <laughs> worth that to me. When you can go and pick up Affinity Publisher. I mean, it was on special on the Microsoft store for 33 pounds, but you can get oh, wow. it for 45. Yeah. And that's a yeah. one soft price and they'll update you forever. Yeah. And using it, it's more user-friendly for me than InDesign. So I, I'm very happy with it. Uh, I, and, and it's plenty for my needs. I'm never going to be a heavy user anyway. I'm not a proper designer, but I can I can use it for what I need it for comfortably. So I, I purchased that and I, I started putting together a zine layout with a bunch of different spread options that I could start to pull things into for different editions. And, and I'm just really excited about the potential of giving myself these, these sort of biannual projects that that force me to focus on something very specific right and to you know make contacts and to get out there and to find the right time to photograph things and to to take a bunch of photographs that are terrible to work to wait towards the good stuff and and also you know take out photographs that are good because other photographs better serve the story you're trying to tell all those disciplines you know about being a good storyteller with words and images combined i'm, I'm really excited about that next challenge yeah, I I love it. And I I think you hit the nail on the head when you're you're talking about taking taking that photography, taking that step with your photography where the photograph serves something else other than itself. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and we talked last week about, you know, isn't isn't it enough to to just have a, a beautiful photograph or a or a beautiful piece of art? And and while the answer to that can be yes. There's also this other side of it, isn't there, where where the photograph or the design or the the illustration, whatever it is, serves something else, and that's another set of skills to work on. And I I I couldn't be happier for you. I think it's a terrific direction for you. You know, you know what else I realize is is you know, I'm in a new part of the world. I want to meet people. You know, I mm -hmm. want to, I want to get in with communities here. And I thought, like, if I put the collections out every year, you know, people who follow me might purchase them, but no one in this area needs to care about it, even if it includes images of this area. But right. if I say, and I just use Shep as an example, I mean, there's loads of different stories to tell around here. But if I say I found people who are still, you know, training sheepdogs and doing this stuff in fields, and I produce a zine over six months with a bunch of those people and then could take those zines back, I built a, a, a like a connection with a whole community of people sure. doing a particular thing. My photography has maybe shed some light on work that people are doing mm -hmm. and, and created some interest around that, which feels good. But it's also, 
given me new friends and new connections, which is which feels like a good use for my photography rather than just, well, I sold this many copy this year and made this much money, which is like, who, who cares about that? Well, I mean, I care because I have to pay my mortgage, but it's, it's like that should be less important to me than the human element of it. And that, that I'm really excited about. Do you have uh, a list of of kind of themes you'd like to explore, or do you? Uh, let yeah. The, yeah, you do. Okay, I've got about I've got about forty already. So if oh I'm my god, really? Year, wow, I'm, I'm all right for a while. Yeah, no, I've got a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so for the next twelve the years, you're set. <laughs> and and I would assume most of those won't happen. And and as I do these, new ones will pop up, and that list will actually get longer and longer. But but it will get better and better. Like this is just like an initial. Here's some ideas. And right. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. You know, it, it'd be cool. But what about yours? So you, I mean, you, because we've been talking about yours a little bit as well. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't gotten beyond really just these two uh, for new propaganda one and two, but what I do want to do is, is kind of give them a feeling of this almost like an intelligence dossier where it's, it's not just straight oh, yeah. scans or straight images of, of the work. I want to include the work against redacted documents and typography and graphic design. I don't want to make it too messy because there, mm-hmm. there are people that do messy really, really well. Mm-hmm. And every time I've tried to do that kind of 46 pages, if you follow them on Instagram, they do a terrific job at really grungy kind of messy design. And it works. It's beautiful. Yeah. It really does work. Yeah. I can't do that. I look like I'm trying to do that. It doesn't feel natural. Same thing with, with right. people like David Carson or Vaughn Oliver, who have mentioned before, I can't do that kind of design. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm leaning into kind of what, what I can do and where I like to go um, while still challenging myself to do something new, of course. But mm. I, I don't want it. I want it to be something I'm genuinely interested in uh, to go back to something you said, not just to make a buck or, or to, to cash in on, on what is a current trend in, in design or, or zine culture or whatever, you know, I want to make it something that I'm, that I want to see in the world. Um, and it is a challenge. It's a challenge to walk that line. And we've talked about audience and the role of audience before when you're doing something new and, and chime in here, if you're feeling the same way, or if you've had thoughts around it, you know, you, you kind of know what the collections have done for the past five years. And you kind of know that, that there are going to be people who buy all of them. And, and when you start to think about a new project, I, I would imagine anyway, that you're wondering, is, is there going to be carryover? Are the people that have come along for this five part journey, are they going to come along to this or do they not want this? They only want these collections of, of photos with very little in the way of, of exposition or narrative. Do you think about that as well? Yeah, but um, in, in my case, to be super blunt and honest, um, my collection has not sold this year the way it has other years. Mm. Uh, so it's already had a decline. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, one is that Europe aren't buying them anymore. So a right. big part of my sales was going to Europe, especially Germany. Um, and they're not anymore because they're, they're having such heavy import duties put on things like books. They'll come in and you'll have to pay the price of the book again just to pick it up from the post office. So, I mean, all those things are just kind of... so. For, for lots of those reasons, um, you know, zines, a lot of those book sales have, have been probably, uh, probably a third lower this year than they have in previous years or the huh. previous two years. 
So it's, that's a big drop. That, I mean, that's a massive, massive drop. I mean, well, wow. I mean, look here in the UK, it's a it's a big topic of conversation. Small businesses are really, really struggling with Brexit, and people, mm-hmm. the government, aren't talking about it. Like we are really battling. We can't ship items to Europe anymore. I mean, it's crazy. We can ship them to the US, no worries. But because we haven't sorted out trade arrangements with Europe and Europe's bitter with us and we're bitter with Europe for some reason, who knows, um, that now businesses are are just going under all over the place. So because of that, I kind of don't, I don't really, it, it's a good time to change things up anyway, because I'd have to. I, I'd yeah. have to just can it and think of something else anyway. And I think that maybe people won't come along with these, but maybe it would generate new interest. And I, I can't predict either way. But what I do know is I, I want to do this. Yeah. And I, yeah. I really want to get back to making the things that I believe in that, and, and the, the right audience will find those things. And if it's smaller or bigger, I can't control that. And I'm all right with that. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it, this is what I want to do because even if very few people bought this, I would grow massively as a photographer if I gave myself this challenge. Yeah, um, yeah, you absolutely, and a storyteller, and and a writer, yeah. and a designer, and like all of those things that are working in concert with one another to produce it, you will improve at. Yeah, so I I I, I want to do it either way, and because things were changing, it's probably a good time to do it. Yeah. And five years just feels like a good time. So yeah, people, the right people will come along. I, I I have a feeling though, because these will be cheaper than the collections mm-hmm. and they, I think they're more interesting because I'm saying something with them that actually will generate more interest, but that's not my primary concern. I'm not trying to market, I'm not doing this for marketing reasons or to crack a crack an algorithm, you know, right. in public. I, I don't care about that stuff. Like, this is what I want to do, but I have a feeling it'll be more interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, speaking as you know, I'm going to take off my friend hat for a minute and just put on the fan hat. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's very stylish. You would love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I would get to know more about you as a person and, and not just you as a photographer, because the, the great photographs are, are, are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great points of view. Not so much. Great things to say. Full stop. Not so much. So I think in, in, in you kind of pivoting to things that really are interesting to you, that you really do find valuable and, and worth signal boosting, because you've said many times that a lot of these images are sketch images, mm. whether or not they end up in the book, they are not your prime mover for picking up a camera. And I think you getting closer to that prime mover, whether it's the, the big portrait project or these little sort of sub-communities and subcultures of people in, in the area where you live, we get to see more. We get to learn more about what lights you up. And that's more interesting. That's always going to be more interesting. Yeah, I was doing, um, don't be upset. I, I podcast cheated on you. I did a podcast um, which came out. <laughs> no, we've <laughs> talked about this. I know we have, we have, but you don't, don't be upset about this one because this. There are rules, Sean. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But this was a podcast <laughs> About you won't believe this about barbecue. So, oh wow, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, we were talking on that, and he was sort of saying he's he started his YouTube channel and he's trying to get it going. He's trying to find his voice. Hmm. Um, and you know, the, the advice I gave him was the same. It's like you will get followers, and I mean like real followers, real people who care about what you do. I'm not talking about numbers, right? If you put yourself into your work. And, and as much of yourself as you're willing. So show people who you are because people follow people. They don't follow stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've really realized that in the last couple of years is 
I, I don't think that I don't think that the people who follow me anywhere, the the ones who really care, do so because they think I'm one of the world's best photographers, because we all know I'm not. They follow me because they find my story interesting and the things I have to say interesting. And I think yes. there's far more a reason to follow somebody. So it's been a challenge. I think you're absolutely right. Like doing a zine, giving more of your perspective and thoughts and flavor and point of view in that I think is a more attractive prospect because to be super frank, I think that the collections that I put out are, are, I mean, I'm very proud of them. Don't get me wrong. And I love the photographs in them, but could be seen as a little clinical. Like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of ca- my character or personality mm-hmm. in it. And that's what I want to work on next is going, let me, let me give you some of me. So let me combine what I used to do when I was writing blog posts before you know, years ago and the skills that I picked up now as a photographer and try and bring it all back in together. So my voice is coming at you through a variety of media and, and you're getting a very rich and vivid picture of, of, of who I am and the things I'm seeing in the world. I think that that's the next challenge. Yeah. And, and can I say how perfect it is that you're starting with shepherds? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm probably, I'm probably not, but uh, now that I've said it, I, 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 I literally, it's not even on my list. I just pulled that in my head, but yeah, I mean, it, could be. <laughs> it's, it has it to be the be. first one, doesn't it? <laughs> it, could, it could be really good. I had this thing in, in London. I really wanted to do a little documentary film with the people who do the guide dog training down there mm, because mm-hmm, I, I saw mm-hmm. a guide dog, you know, we've got the underground in London. So the, the tube, um, and these, I saw a, a blind person coming in, you know, into the station, down the escalator with his dog, uh, getting on the tube and getting off at the right station, walking through. Like, I get lost in the underground all the time. <laughs> right. I don't know where I'm going, but that dog guided him. <laughs> Sean once right ended way. up in Chelsea and had no idea yeah, how he got uh, there. <laughs> many, many times. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how does that dog know which station to get off, where, how, you know, I mean, okay, the, the guy can hear the the announcements, but like which, which I mean, I get, which stairs do I take? Which, right. which exit am I going right. for? Like that dog knows. And and I've just, I was like fascinated. And I thought I've got to do a documentary with these people who train these dogs because I think it's fascinating. And I, I reckon there's a really cool version of that for shepherds because again, my little TikTok habit is, is like one of the other things I get shown all the time because I follow them of people with their sheep dogs hmm. with these like little tiny whistle calls that the dog knows exactly what to do and rounds up a whole field of sheep in, in 30 seconds. I find fascinating. I'd, I, it would be a cool one to do. My dad yeah, had a I mean, sheepdog. Kind of Did you know that? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. His name was Nicholas. He was massive. Uh, I mean, if he stood on his hind legs, he was taller than me. Oh. Massive yeah, sheepdog, but just a love. We had to, because we have uh, sheepdogs in this country are traditionally border collies, which mm. are like medium-sized dogs. So we had two of those when I was growing up as well, called Tuppence and Shadow. Uh-huh. But super, super intelligent dogs. They're really clever. Yeah. Really Nicholas, really clever. Nicholas was intelligent, but absolutely the most worthless guard dog you could you could have <laughs> just you know, he to would talk to everybody <laughs> oh he would he would sleep on the tile in front of the front door and my dad would actually have to push the door and slide him across the tile because he wouldn't get up <laughs> to get back in the house <laughs> well that's that's his version of being a guard dog you're gonna yeah. have to make a little bit of effort you're gonna to get have him here to not move a lot me. not a lot but you're gonna have to slide me out of the yeah. way that's your barrier to entry I love that we are leaning in both in conversation and in action to this idea of putting the things out into the world that you want to see. Yeah. 
you know, regardless yeah. of what, I mean, I, we could argue that I did the same thing with, with the book, with photography by the letter, especially Absolutely. the second edition after, you know, it did okay. The first edition, it did okay. But I felt that it was incomplete. Mm -hmm. I felt that I could have done better, that I could have done more. It's still incomplete because there's always stuff that people are going to point out and go, well, this isn't in there or that isn't in there. But yeah. this is closer to what I wanted to see. Am I going to retire on this? Absolutely not. But mm -hmm. I, can, I can say, look, I can, walk, I can walk away from this head held high, proud yeah. of what I've, what I've built and be done with it and now really move on to the next thing and not go, well, you know what? I should have done this or I could have done that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think the idea of, of leaning into those things that, that really make you happy and that you want to see in the world are way more important than trying to be another insert name here, insert influencer, photographer, painter, writer, whatever. Here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And I want to see that from you. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you, you are, um, I mean, your art, I really enjoy. I really enjoy your writing. And, and I, I, you are a talented designer. So to me, it's so obvious that you would give us that in a package and let us get to know you and what you care about or just share things with us. And you also have a fascination with, like we've said before, um, design and aesthetics and function for things. Like I could see all that kind of stuff weaving into different editions as well. Like it, I'd love to see it. I, I, something that's 100% you put out on your own terms to the people who really care. And again, like who knows how many comes we none of us know that, but just, right. I think, but I don't think that matters. Making, I mean, we, no. look, I'm, I'm speaking from a point of incredible, you know, privilege and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm grateful for being able to focus on that. But I also think there is this sort of, uh, mental and existential importance to, to doing it, regardless of whether you do it as a career, even if you have a nine to five and you, you pursue these things outside of that, there is something valuable about saying, this is what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And this is how I wanted to say it, regardless of how many people see it, buy it, click on it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and just over the past couple months, you know, leaving, leaving my web hosting platform that I've been with for years and years, changing the podcast hosting, you know, uh, putting a pin in process driven, uh, getting this, this book sort of out and, and done the way I, I mostly wanted it to be. This really does set the stage for something new. And I, and I find it interesting that you and I have been on, on similarly parallel paths yeah. for a while now in terms of, of leaving one thing behind to pursue another or finishing with one chapter and embarking on the next. Yeah. And I feel like I can lean on what you're doing and you can lean on what I'm doing. And we get to kind of navigate this as almost, you know, we've talked about this before accountability buddies. And I, I yeah. am so grateful for that. Um, I think, I think you need that, whether it's, yeah, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I think, I think when you're putting things out, there is so much value in having people not just be yes men or yes people, mm -hmm. yes women, yes, whoever. Um, but, but calling you out when you need to be called out and supporting you when you need to be supported and knowing when and where to do the different, you know, to do each. I think that's so important. And, and I feel like I have that with, with our friendship. And I'm so grateful for that because you have been hugely instrumental in some of the decisions that I've made over the past five years. Oh, that's great. I, and you know, I feel the same way. I mean, we, I, I reckon it is because we do bounce around ideas and talk so often about things. Mm-hmm. 
and kind of when we agree on something or you say something and I go, oh gosh, that makes me think. He's making that decision for his work and you go, what if I applied that to mine? Yeah. I, I suppose it's no wonder that you, you, you look years down the road and go, gosh, we're walking, we're walking a similar road is because I think we, when we, when we first connected, I'm talking like what, 2016, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 16. Yeah. I, I was on process driven. We had such a great chat, you know, even because for those who don't know, Jeffrey, if, if, if you appear on his podcast, we'll do what he calls a short, a short, int, like it, like an intro call with you, which will always not be short. It will always be like an <laughs> the hour, intention hour is always because, to have them be hey, short. Hey, look, and I'm sure, it, I'm sure it is from the person <laughs> on the other end. But you always just end up getting on so well that you chat for ages, yeah. And then, and then you get around to recording the episode, and we're like, I think after that, we're just like, oh gosh, this was really great. Do you want to just keep talking? And then that was what six, seven years ago, or something, six yeah. years ago, yeah, now or something like that. And I, I, I yeah, I mean, it's. When you find this, it's probably good advice for people. When you, if you're trying to look for those, those creative buddies, those people you walk with, like it is, it is just listening for those conversations where you're having those creative chats going, wow, we really, we really connect on some things. Do you want to make this more intentional? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you want to, do you want to go for coffee once a month or once a week or whatever it is? And do you want to just share what we're doing? Because I, I reckon you might have some perspective on what I'm doing and me on you. And, and we might be completely different sorts of artists. That's the other thing is like, you're probably primarily a podcast, a painter, designer, and I'm primarily a photographer, filmmaker. It doesn't matter. It, it, creativity is creativity. And, and mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. transfers across medium that it's been, in fact, it might, it, I I think actually, it's been in some ways it's more helpful because you know that if I can apply a principle from what you do to what I do, it must be true. You know, Hmm. it's not just like a direct copy from my photographer friend and I'm copying an idea he had. It's, it's a principle that applies across all creative. Oh yeah. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I I found, I've always found really helpful, Hmm. you know, it's because then, you know, you're getting to like the core of things. Right. 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 Things don't just apply to like, well, if you use uh, F8, I think you'll find that, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 (laughs) hold on. It's a bit deeper than that. that Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) meter. (laughs) That one's for free kids. (laughs) (laughs) Next one's going to cost you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Im- yeah. it's important, and I think that that you know we spend a lot of time, especially in this sort of freelance you know gig economy type situation. You spend so much time by yourself that I think it's more important than ever to find those people or that person that you can not just connect with, but rub up against and hear things maybe from that person that you can't hear anywhere else, mm-hmm. but you, it's a safe space. You know where it's coming from and it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we don't always agree with one another. We don't always have the same ideas about things, no. but we know where they are coming from and are able to hear them. I can't tell you how many times Adrian has said, well, you need to go talk to Sean because you can hear him in a different way than you can hear from me. And, <laughs> and she doesn't mean it in a bad way. No, it, no. It, it is just, you hear things differently from different people. And, and it's important to find those people in your life that fit the space that they're in, I guess. Is that, mm, is that mm. fair? I guess that, that's very accurate. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. I, I mean, I think like, and I actually think this is a bigger conversation for a lot of artists at the moment. And I, mm-hmm. I so yesterday when I was with Jack, I, we actually ended up filming two interviews. Oh, really? Um, 
Yeah, one which is uh, going to come out probably in a couple, well, probably more like a month or so, I reckon, which is about his lifeboat project, um, mm-hmm. which is ob- obviously fascinating and, you know, uh, in, in its own right, you know, um, wet plate photography, um, 238 lifeboat stations around the coast of the United Kingdom. An amazing project. It's going to take him 10 years and he's in year eight. So it's not like he's just getting started. Right. Um, the other interview we did was about him building his own social media platform because mm, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to share what he's doing with people. And one of the things he said was the reason he left Instagram, Facebook and all the others and started literally started his own social media platform where he built his own app, which people could download on their phones and he can have his own community. They can set up their own profiles literally on, on his own platform where he shares his work and people interact with each other. The way that he described it is it was a way for me to have the conversation on my own terms mm-hmm. where I wasn't beholden to, you know, Instagram's algorithms, which was burying my work amongst everyone else's lunch and puppy videos and everything else and not feature, not favoring it because it's not a video or sticking it between ads or whatever, whatever they do. It's I, I am going to have a much, much smaller group of people who come over to this thing and, and who download an app just for my work. That's always going to be a tiny number compared to Instagram, but they really care. And I right. can talk to them any way I want and they will see everything that I post because I there is no algorithm. I control it. It's just everything is going to be there. And, and the conversation is happening in my own space. And then I thought, well, that's cool, but what's the vision of the future? And he basically said like, which, which really stuck with me. I'm kind of ruining the video I'm going to put out, but it, it, I find it so interesting. He basically <laughs> said like, yeah, yeah. turn your speakers down. Yeah, folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he be- still, still watch the video. Cause obviously he's, he's, you know, when it eventually comes out, but it, it, he, cause he says it much better than this, but he basically said like, imagine a world where, you know, five years from now, you, you might still have the big, the big apps on your phone where you're jumping in and scrolling through, but you also have a folder on your phone of 10 apps from artists that you're supporting in yes. just their space. Yes. And like, I'm like, with that, like, like a little folder of these are my people that I, I love support. That. A I little love network. Work. And I'm, yeah. And I'm part of their community. So it's yeah. almost appifying what we used to have 10 years ago with blogs. Yeah. Where you yeah, go yeah. And visit those individual blogs. And I, I, you know, we are lazy. So we want to jump on one app and flick through, but, and so that'll always be, again, it'll always be a much smaller number than you could generate on those big three apps. But that community will be yours on your terms. You can communicate how you want to them. And, and, and that's kind of what we're doing with the zines is we're saying mm-hmm. like, Hey, mm-hmm. You know, this is not social media. This is like something I'm making I really believe in. And and those of you who who re- will really connect this and want to support this work will find it and you'll get everyone and you'll be into this. And 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 that's why I'm making it. It's a tiny, tiny number of people compared to social media. But that social media number, as we've talked about a million times, is is imaginary anyway. They're not really there paying attention. They've left a long time ago. Yes. And I think with the recent news around Twitter... I, mm-hmm. I I think Jack is is right on. And I, I this is something that I wanted to talk about without talking about the new owner. Um because <laughs> he, he shall not be named, is that what you're uh, It's just a douche. Anyway. Um <laughs> I saw your response to him the other day. Kind of classy Elon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, isn't he though? Oh, so classy. God. But I th- I think you're right. I think there will be 
uh, and I would love to see it and I would love to help support it. I'd love to be a part of it somehow. You know, these little networks or collaboratives of, uh, of, of artists and, and designers and writers and, and makers who, who have their own presence carved out. And I think, you know, the, it's, you and I have talked about this, the old blog rolls where you had a website, you had your blog, and then you had a half a dozen links or so of, of people that, that you followed and that you found interesting and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and That's follow right. me, I'll follow you. I'll add you to mine. You add me to yours. And, and, and there was this little mini web within the web of, yes. of like-minded or, or even not like-minded, you just find them interesting creators that you could, that you could bounce from, from one site to another. And I, and I hope, I hope, I hope that we see that again with not just online content, uh, there's that word again, sorry folks, mm-hmm. um, but with, with the zines. I would love to have some sort of, gosh, I mean, it's going to be a terrible comparison, but like a Netflix for zines where, you know, you get people that, that want to produce something and maybe it's, a, maybe it's a subscription. You and I have talked a little bit about this. You subscribe to, to this thing and, and you say, here's what I'm, the kinds of things that I'm interested in and, and give me three of the things that I'm interested in uh, and one random for, for, the, for the quarter. You know, it comes out quarterly. So you get three things that you're interested in and then one sort of grab bag zine that maybe is something that you have no interest in or you didn't know you were interested in, but by getting it, you flip through it and you become a fan or you become interested. Um, and if you don't, maybe there's a whole other network of people swapping zines. Hey, I got this in my grab bag. It's not really my thing. What have you got? Oh, I got this. Oh, hey, I'll trade you this for this. That could be interesting. Again, building community, mm. building engagement. But I, I think you could go even further, though. And this this isn't me talking. It's kind of me thinking about what Jack said. Um, I want to give him credit. Like, because if you start to conglomerate things into like a collective zine thing where it's a subscription model with a bunch of different zines and you're kind of going back to that centralizing everything in the big app again good point but, but what you can do is and th- this is this is a this is another thing jack said that really stuck with me was people need to learn relearn again that that you have to pay for art mm-hmm because uh, the immediate thing that you'll get is like people going yeah but why should i pay um why should I pay ten pounds for this zine when you know Netflix costs me ten pounds a month and I can I can watch a thousand brilliantly produced shows? Because you're dealing with one artist and you, and, and if you like what they do, they have to fund themselves and, and 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 maybe it's a subscription model for your zine, but it's just a subscription for your zine. So you mm-hmm. say, well, uh, look, it's three it's it's three dollars a month for the year, and you get two zines. It was five dollars a month or whatever, and they're like, yeah, but other subscriptions you get so much more for that. It's not about that. It's about you saying, I will pay an artist to make the work I believe in because I want to support that artist mm-hmm. but we've forgotten how to do that we expect everything for free we're calculating everything and and comparing stuff and I understand like now's a difficult time and people are really cutting back on a lot of things even Netflix to be honest they're cutting back because people are really feeling the pinch in a bunch of ways but I really think we have to get back to a place where we're remembering the art costs things and artists need to live and and giving them money is not about how much can i get my money's worth and comparing them to huge multinational corporations and and trying to as if it's like for like and their right, subscription right, right, models right. it's going i'm supporting that person and this is this is how it should be and and, and i was listening to a podcast less yesterday actually 
Um, it's the Midnight Miracle. It's, it's Dave Chappelle's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and th- so you can, every now and again, they give out a free episode, uh, which you don't have to subscribe to Luminary for. And this one is called uh, Bugs Bunny Mathematics. This episode <laughs> came out on the 8th of April. Yeah. And, and it is a brilliant half an hour mm. with most deaf talking about the Spotify model mm-hmm. and how he is bailing from that to produce albums and, and, and other artists talk on this thing too. It's a, it's kind of like a collage of artists talking about this stuff where they're producing albums, putting it on their websites, not on any platform, not through any record label. People have to come to them and buy the album from them directly. Directly. They'll yeah, get I love that. Bought in, they'll get bought in much smaller numbers, but all of them said we made more money because we're getting, we're getting pennies for every dollar that sells and, and like, and like fractions of a penny for streams on, on, on Spotify, no money at all, but we get the entire album sell from our website and a lot less people are coming to buy from us than, than stream on Spotify, obviously, but, but they care and they're here to support us and they're part of our actual community. And I really think there's going to be a pendulum swing where we go back to supporting. We're all going to have our little stable of artists that we support. Mm-hmm. These are the people I care about. These are the people I, I financially support by, by buying and subscribing to the things they do. I can't do it with too many because I don't have a lot of money, but I, I want to be someone who supports artists. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're giving away half of the book sales and half of all mm-hmm. of my creative output, actually. We're doing 50% mm-hmm. of, of everything that I make creatively. We're donating it back to arts and arts education and nonprofits that focus on the arts. Yeah. Which is a lovely circle, isn't it? I mean, it just means that, you know, you're asking people to support you as an artist by, by purchasing a copy of photography by the letter. Um, then when you get that money in, you're taking half of that, turning around and finding other artists to support. Like if we all did that uh, consciously and, you know, set aside some money every month, if we're able to, to deliberately find those artists we want to build into their work we, we'd all be doing a lot better i think we'd all be yeah. a little bit more secure because we'd have these people who we know and, and we'd be turning around and paying it forward and you you don't have to this is another thing you don't have to like everything that that person makes yes. or does yes that's that's not the thing it's like well i didn't like that one so that's not the point the point is to help them to continue to be able to do that thing that you have an interest in or that thing that you want to see. Maybe, maybe they're not quite ready yet, but you, you see potential. Your support, whether that's financial support or whether that's just helping them get eyes on the work so that others might provide financial support, it all counts, as Adrian is fond of saying. It all counts. Yeah, yeah. And you're helping people do the thing that they love. You're helping people maybe do something that winds up being very important. It might change minds. It might change lives. Who knows? But being a part of something bigger than yourself, I think is a good thing. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's, it's not about buying something and then reviewing it as a customer. It's about, it's about supporting a human being as a creator. So you might, like you say, you might like one, you might like the next one less. You might like the one after and think it's brilliant, but then the next one's a bit weak. You feel it's a bit weak. That's not the time to go, well, you're not giving me the product I want. Right. It's about saying, I, that's irrelevant. I, I believe in you as a human being and I'm going to keep supporting you 
because everyone goes up and down in quality or has hits and misses, but I believe yeah. in you as a person. So I'm with you. Yeah. Ride or die. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. Before we let you go, here's the clip from Tom in Michigan asking us about some of our favorite album cover art. And if you'd like to chime in with some of your favorites, send an email or better yet, a voice message to deepnatter at gmail.com. Here's Tom. Hey guys, it's Tom in Michigan. Um, this was a great podcast, uh, this last one. Um, it's, it's always good stuff. I enjoy it. Uh, I could talk about a lot of different things, but I want to talk about the square aspect ratio. And I don't know, I mean, maybe I've thought of this before, but you really brought it to my attention. It's so obvious that, my gosh, we all grew up looking at album covers that are square. And that aesthetic is so ingrained in us. Uh, for graphic arts and photography. Anyway, I would love to hear you guys. And you've you've kind of done this a bit. You even did it in this uh, episode uh, about the guy, what's his name, Reed something. Uh, great album cover with the, the headlight of the car in the front. Um, but I, I would love to hear, I want to rip off that shot, by the way. But um, uh, I would love to hear you discuss some of your favorite album artwork and, and or album covers. Um, I know one of mine, uh, and actually, this takes it out of the square, but you know the the the, the gatefold or just the, the the double albums that you'd open up. Uh, uh, I, we were super into ELO. In fact, it was my first concert in 1978. I was 10 years old. My dad took uh, me and a couple, my brother and two of my sisters, uh, to the Pontiac Silverdome, and it was uh, unbelievable. The, the, the stage was a, a flying saucer spaceship and lasers, and the place was filled filled with pot. And I mean, as a 10 year old, it really blew my mind but the album that led us to that was out of the blue and it had like the spaceship thing and and um when you opened it up it was like a whole just incredible illustration of this futuristic like spaceship thing and uh i used to just stare at that thing and uh god you know we're also just deep in our phones now and i just uh i just remember just staring at that image and looking at every little detail and uh, then I think about like uh, Roger Dean with uh, the Yes albums. I, I wanted to live in that world as a kid. Uh, and of course, uh, Hugh Syme, is it Syme or Syme? Uh, doing all the Rush artwork is just amazing. So anyway, I'd love to hear a deeper dive on, on some of your favorite album artwork and how it affected you. Awesome stuff, guys. Love it. We'll talk to you. Tom in Michigan out. Subscribe to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything in your favorite podcast app and support the show by leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen or by sharing the episode on social media. You can help support everything I do directly by tapping the donate button at jeffreysedoris.com. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S.com. Connect with Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Tuck. That's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K on his website at seantucker.photography or by searching for Sean Tucker on YouTube. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeffrey Sidoris. As always, thanks very much for being here. Thank you for your time and your attention. We appreciate it and we hope you'll come back for the next one.